Everyone knows the apron is the hardest part of the ring, but this is the nerdiest part of the ring. I am your host for the evening, the five-star man, Asa Gray, and joining me at this time is the Big D, Dalton Anthony. Yo. And we are back to an actual, like, normal-esque show. Uh, we did our last week was our 2021 best of our favorite things from the year uh, after, you know, we took a couple weeks off for the holidays. So it's really great to be back. Happy uh, to be here. Thank you, everybody who is joining us. Uh, but, and we got plenty to talk about, so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time in the intro here. But uh, a couple little bits of housekeeping before we get into everything. We are uh, Dalton and I last night recorded episode two of arguably entertaining uh, the Hunter's new show, Double H, uh, his new show on the Podzilla 1985 network. That should be going up either later tonight, sometime tomorrow. I'm not 100% sure. Um, Shannon and Hunter have the audio, so they should be getting that posted up. Uh, it was a ton of fun. We debated. It was myself and Cody Sandusky taking on uh, the man himself, Tanner Calvert, and, of course, Dalton. Uh, it was who is better, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles or the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And it was a lot of fun. Both sides brought a lot of really good arguments. Uh, we're not going to get into spoilers, obviously. Next week, you know, once the episode is aired, it's really we weird. will allow. It's really weird to hear you talk about it when you're not being antagonistic. Uh, because, oh, yeah. No, because it's weird. Because <laughs> I want you to know, we have, we have not had this energy since this, like, the last time we had this very polite energy towards each other on a podcast, it was a week ago when we were talking about our favorite things because the like politeness was not happening yesterday. So it was just weird to hear you be like, it was a lot of fun. Both sides made good points because that's not how it felt last night when we did the show. Look, I'm not going to sit there and be like, yeah, no, that's a great point. Good job. Like, no, to my <laughs> opponents. No, I'm going to say you sucked. Fair um, enough. But fair now, enough. now that the, now that the dust has settled and you know, no one's going to influence the the moderator it's fine um but it was a ton of fun please 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 check it out again that's over on the podzilla 1985 feed uh if you're listening to this i would assume you're listening you've, you've already got that subscribed but if you don't uh of course pwu is where we got our or i'm sorry podzilla 1985 is where we got our start with podcasting so uh and it's still just a ton of fun and this is a great new format for a show hunter's doing a great job with it uh two episodes in and i can't wait for everybody else to hear it yeah, it was a lot of fun, um, and it, it was really nice. I've been on a few Podzilla shows uh, since my uh, little quarantine last week. I did last week's AD, and uh, it was it's just nice to be on Podzilla when we can be on it. Yeah. So, uh, and then the other piece of news is I hate when people do this, but, like, the way this is timed out, I have to. Um, I highly recommend you follow us on Twitter, at NerdiestPart on Twitter, um, we have a pretty substantial announcement. Um, we don't have all of the f details locked in yet, but this is arguably the biggest thing that I will have done in my five-ish years of podcasting. So, um, follow us on the, uh, at nerdiest, uh, at nerdiest part. Uh, on Twitter, we're going to post that announcement there. Once we get the details, the details should get locked in sometime uh, tomorrow. That is Friday, January 14th. So uh, we're going to leave it at that. Again, I hate the announcement of an announcement, but just the way that recording time worked and locking in details. I can't wait until next week to tell you about it. Uh, so uh, I want to make sure anybody who's listening to this does get a chance to see it. So yeah, uh, it's there. I is will. That. 
I will vouch for Asa. This is hands down in our, however, well, your five years, my four and a half years of podcasting. Like, this is probably the coolest thing that could happen to us. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've had some really cool things happen to us in podcasting. This tops all of it. And this is in no way a slight to any of the cool stuff we've done. Like, we've got to interview Jeff Hardy. Like, we, we, we've done some real, like, Jerry yeah, Lynn. Lynn. We've, ha- we've yeah. gotten to talk to some really awesome people. But, like, this means a lot to me personally. Yeah. So, um, that, you know, it, it, some people may hear it and be like, I don't know what that means. I really hope you'll check it out because it's uh, fantastic. So, but moving on from that, because otherwise I don't trust myself. It's that scene in the office where uh, the Michael Scott paper company has to go negotiate to the buyout with Dunder Mifflin. And it's like, and you're not going to say that you're broke, right? Of course, no, I'm definitely not going to say it. Elevator doors close, elevator doors open. And then he's just bent over. I'm so scared. I'm going to tell him we're broke. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, that is it for the housekeeping section. I kind of want to give it a name too, since we kind of have our names, like we kind of have our sections named off a little bit. Uh, I'm leaning towards the setup. Oh, I was, that's, that's maybe a little bit too cute. I was going to say Curtain Jerkin, uh, but... See, I think that's the name of another podcast, though. So I don't Oh, I'm sure like, it name... is, yeah. Or, like, or the Curtain Jerks are absolutely taken. I don't know that for a fact, but it's one of those things where it's like, it has to be, right? Yeah, it's my favorite um... thing to say backstage at shows whenever I'm, like, that match. It's great. It's so much fun. Because <laughs> it's so it sounds so derogatory, and it kind of is to some people. But to me, I get to say like... Jerkin... So I'm happy. <laughs> but if you look at like the structure of a show, that first match is one of the most important matches of the night because it sets the tone for the rest of the night. Well, depending on who's booking and how they want their show to go. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, so, but yeah, so that's a little bit of the, the again, this is episode, this is like the actual, uh, not counting episode zero. This is episode seven. So we're still, fe- we're in the feeling out process. This is still, this is still real early in the matchup here. Yeah. We're, we're, we're things can, things can change. So, uh, but jumping into the news of the week, this is a little bit, um, because we took such a long hiatus from talking about news. A couple of these stories are more, um, came from when we were on break, but I thought they were important enough that we needed to bring them up. Um, so we're going to start off with, um, there was a big saga you've undoubtedly uh, heard about if you're listening to a wrestling podcast like this between Big Swole and AEW and more specifically Tony Khan. Uh, This is following on Big Swole not uh, renewing her contract with AEW. Um, She did an interview how she like sat down and talked with Tony Khan and it was a very it was a mutual agreement that you know she wasn't completely fulfilled with things. Um, her contract was expiring. AEW was okay with her letting that contract la- uh, lapse. She wasn't fired. She wasn't released early. Um, and Big Swole did an interview where she kind of spotlighted some things that she thought AEW could improve on. And that included uh, there was a lack of diversity and a lack of structure. Uh, structure in the sense that like, if you're not pitching ideas, like great, they don't have like a team of television writers. But if you're not the one pitching yourself ideas, you may be kind of left behind. You may not be featured as much. Like other people may not reach out and just be like, hey, you know, other than like the established names, main eventers, things like that. Like they'll probably always have something there. But like lower card people, um, people, you know, primarily on like dark or dark elevation, you know, if they're not pitching ideas, then they may not have anything to do. Yeah. 
And she thought, you know, maybe uh, there should be people that helped with that or, you know, worked with talent about getting ideas out there. Uh, but the the big thing was, of course, the lack of diversity, which is something that AEW has, like, they have had that as a pretty consistent criticism from the beginning. Like, that's, that's, not, exactly, that's not exactly anything new. Yeah. She also then went on to say, like, how much she appreciated Tony Khan, how much she appreciated AEW, how that wasn't an attack. It was just her feelings, her perception. Well, then Tony Khan tweets out, the top two AEW execs are Brown, me and Mega. Jade, Bowens, Caster, Dante, Nyla, Isaiah, and Mark Quinn all won on TV this month. The TBS title tournament has been very diverse. I let Swole's contract expire as I felt her wrestling wasn't good enough. Hashtag AEW Rampage Street Fight Tonight. Ooh. So he plugs it. He gets the show plug in at the end. Um, This, you know, if we were doing worst of wrestling for 21 which you know that's not what this show is um this would be a last minute entrant because this was on december 31st yeah and it was that he tweeted that it was a it would have been a good a good contender uh and and before we get in before we get into you know the discussion of the thing i want to point out dalton and i are two heterosexual cis white males yes we we are speaking from such a place of privilege and from such a place of like we have no experience to the the black experience the people of color experience the female experience any of that um but from from my perspective and i feel like i can kind of speak on dalton with this this isn't the way to go um because big big swole did i i don't want to get into the whole back and forth of it um but like big swole kind of responded of just like no it's not it's not just a numbers thing there there's a it's a it's a culture behind it. She's not saying that there's absolutely no diversity. It's just a matter of like who is given the most meaningful things most consistently. Yeah. And and like you know, how often has the AEW women's division been brought up as like, wow, when are we gonna get more than one women's match on Dynamite? Yeah. Like when are you know, they're granted WWE has way longer history, but it was such a big deal. When, you know, Kofi won the WWE championship because it was the first time a black person held it since The Rock. And so whereas it's like, okay, you know, AEW has a chance to really kind of build up a a black star, a a star that's a person of color and and kind of elevate them in a way that we're really not seeing 100 percent. Now, obviously, you know, the, the acclaimed are pretty regularly featured. They're doing they're clearly doing things with people like Dante Martin and Leo Rush and, and Will Hobbs and, and things like that. So it, it's it's such a complicated thing, and it's something that we really have no place to talk on, other than the fact that like Tony really didn't need to do that. And the big thing, of course, I to me is the like to go ahead and change the narrative of just like no 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 I I let her contract right out because she was never any good. What a petty little man child, man! Like and that like, sucks. It's also super important to note that in that interview that Big Swole had. She said she stated all this in an exit interview. Yeah. Which, like, the fact that AEW has exit interviews is wonderful. Pretty fucking awesome. But for Tony Khan to say during an exit interview in wrestling, which again is pretty unheard of, um, to be like, well, no, it's because her wrestling wasn't good enough. If her wrestling wasn't good enough, why did you give her an exit interview? Shouldn't you have just also, let her go? I mean, and again, maybe it's because he's going to do business differently. We're used to McMahon just cutting people, even whenever their wrestling is good enough. 
Um, mm-hmm. but which, by the way, just just a quick aside, it's Big Swole. Her sh- wrestling is fine. Like uh, that is not an issue. Yeah, her wrestling is really good. Like she is a very very talented performer who was underutilized in her time at AEW. Um, that being said, going back to like the. Uh, like our experiences, the amount of times that me and you, and I'm, I'm going to speak for my, both of us on this, but the amount of times that we have heard this Tony Khan argument in our day to day lives, whenever some random shitty person in our life says, it's fine. I have a black friend. Like that's, I'm not saying it was the same thing for them to be like, we have diversity here, 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 here. Like whenever it was such a poorly made tweet, in so many yeah. facets. You had the really like weird street fight tonight uh, at the end of it. But then just naming mm. off like these are all the people of color that I had win matches this m- month on TV. Like it was real. Like it was top cringe. And like top cringe is really fun sometimes. But whenever talking about lack of diversity being represented. And it wasn't like she was saying represented on TV. There was a part in her interview where she was talking about the like locker room leaders and the people that like really are the head of that those locker rooms and those meetings and not having anybody that really represented her. That's super important. It wasn't really a I mean, I'm sure the TV things had stuff to do with it, especially with the women's division and early AEW barely having matches on TV. But like in the back, whenever you hear about it being a, a family, and I think she even said that, like they talk about being a family all the time and it is a very loving locker room. But whenever the head of the like heads of the locker room, nobody really represents me as a human like that's kind of a glaring issue. Um. And that's where I took it. Like, I read Big Swole's interview and read it like, no, like, I very much could see all of that happening. And it's a shame because not feeling represented in the company you work for has to be a nightmare. Again, me and Asa really don't have that issue because, again, two cis white males, like, if anything, we're overly represented. And this is an issue that we will never truly understand. But it has to suck. Yeah, it's and and, and you, you kind of touched on something that, like. The structure of the it, part of his response that's bad. And I'm not giving him an out on this, but like whenever you need to have a, the type of nuanced response, Twitter is not the place to go. You got 140 characters. There's no way. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 rough. You you really can't get away. You you can't get away uh, with that. So and like um, this is the one- and ultimately oh. like and even even you know and and there were people because again this is a very complicated issue. Uh, it, it's you know it's, it's it is important to kind of get both sides on this because both sides have people speaking towards their experience because you had like Leo Rush with someone who immediately was like oh uh uh-uh, nope I am not where this isn't happening I'm gonna I I'm going to talk to Tony Khan and then you had people like Will Hobbs and Sean Dean and Mark Henry kind of be like you know. Um, Captain Sean Dean talking about what his actual like backstage role is. He's not just a wrestler. He handles, he has X, Y, Z responsibilities. This is my actual job title. Um, and Mark Henry kind of with the same thing, uh, Will Hobbs saying that he's felt nothing but represented and respected in his time with AEW. But you have to, you know, one person's perspective and experience doesn't invalidated some, doesn't invalidate someone else's. And again, we're not backstage. 
we don't have any sort of like backstage. Ooh, I almost knocked over my soda. We don't have any sort of like backstage sources or, or pull or anything like that. It's just like this was a obvious misstep from Tony Khan. Yeah. It sucks to see because it's like this is something that you would expect from like from WWE. And like again, this isn't this isn't an anti WWE show. This is you know, I'm, there's... I'm gonna disagree with you on that, Asa, because oh, really? we we had an issue. When did the ACH thing happen? That was 2019, 2018, where he had his like giant issue with the shirt, and then it, him like not being okay with it, and the big thing, and him just calling out WWE for being racist, and right. Vince didn't say a word. Triple H, who ran NXT, didn't say a word. Tony Khan's best response was nothing. Because, you know what? You were absolutely right. Like, you were absolutely right. Like, I'm not being a dick when I say that, but like, and I, and again, I am not saying ACH is wrong at all on that. I'm just saying we had a, and like, it was a more volatile situation. Big Swole wasn't straight up saying fuck AEW like ACH was. Right. Um, She was just saying, in my exit interview... Which, if you've ever had an exit interview from a company, they ask you questions like, what do you think we can do to better our company? Um, right. And so she voiced her opinion when asked. Like, which is really weird that then Tony Khan would say what he did because you're basically shitting on somebody that followed your protocols on leaving the company. Which is another thing, but like, whenever the, the more volatile situation happened... WWE just kept their mouths shut and it almost painted a picture where ACH was crazy. Now I think that that is very damaging and should not be a thing, but there was a lot of talk of being like, Oh man, ACH has gone off the, the deep end. Whereas well, there was a lot of, there was a lot of follow up too. Whereas like big swole's follow up here was just like, you know, wow, that sucks to see from someone that I thought, yeah. you know, we were cool with. And like at that exit interview, there really wasn't any kind of like, there wasn't re- not not necessarily pushback like i'm sure internally they they like noted that down but like we don't agree with what she says here but it's not like they got into a screaming match over it yeah whereas Where, like but like you said but it, tony tony khan is someone who he tw- he tweets with just wild abandon yeah which sometimes is hilarious it's amazing when it's not this yeah but like it's like man but you know you're not everyone's gonna bat a thousand and and, and this was a this was a real bummer yeah to see but i do but i do think you're right like yeah, no, Vince absolutely would not have tweeted something like this. Triple Eight, like I don't, you're you or you hit the nail out of the head. Yeah, but and it's it, just, but that attitude is something that maybe would feel. Yeah, and it's I don't know. It's the whole thing of I don't. There's no, and and I I I will end it on this thought. There's no way that response would happen and it be a positive situation because. And this is the big issue with wrestling fans right now. And we talk about it all the time. The us versus them mentality with our favorite things. So you have somebody voicing their opinion about a very serious situation. And Tony Khan said, well, that's not true at all. Like, he didn't say her experience wasn't true, but he very much dismissed it. Mm-hmm. And now you have all of these fans now attacking Big Swole on the whole situation. And now it's a, it's a very toxic situation, whereas... Vince and Triple H wouldn't have had that problem because they wouldn't have tweeted it out. And that's why I'm saying the best response to this was nothing. You could have just let it like you gain literally nothing. It's one of the things that I saw a lot of people talk about is like there needs to be some sort of like social media PR person who's just like, 
hey, you tweeted this. This is why you shouldn't have. Yeah. Like some, or, sort, some sort of accountability there. But when you're the owner of the company, who do you, you, you really have no one to answer to. So, yeah. um, you know, hopefully we continue to see AEW as a whole, you know, do continue to have representation, computer, continue to be a diverse place for men and women of all creeds and, and everything, you know, be welcome there to, to go and thrive. Um, I mean, say, of course, same with WWE, but like, because I don't think, I really don't, there's no good way for me to phrase that, so I'm just going to leave it, because I do think that in certain aspects, AEW does a really good job with a lot of things. And, you know, if he had to say something, if he even, like, just between, oh, no, I'm changing the narrative of how how our contract's ending, also watch our show tonight, like, if he would have just been like, I saw the interview. She expressed these concerns to us in her exit interview. And now she's, you know, she is sharing those with media outlets because why wouldn't she? It's not like she signed a no disclosure act. You know, we disagree. We, we, we see. And again, we Asa, wish. No, no, you're, you were correct. This be, is a second place. The best yeah. thing to say is nothing. The, the second thing would be like, we are disappointed to hear that's how she feels. AW as a company strives for inclusion diversity representation and it is a goal that we will continue to look to improve yeah that, that would have been an a plus response there yeah but uh, the best thing to say would have been nothing so. yeah because again and it, like i know whenever we talked about and this is a different situation but like the had to in a situation like the bel-air banks or not bel-air banks bel-air um Becky match where I'm like, mm-hmm. let's say it has to be a 90 second match. This situation, there's no, let's say you're like you said, he's the owner of the company. He chose yeah. to do this. Like I get what you're saying. There is like, there's a better way you could have went about it. But whenever the best answer is just nothing, I don't again, like yeah, I said he, earlier, there's no, there's no solution to what he did. That was just shutting the fuck up. Like, no. yeah, it's it, a it, weird it, it, situation. Like I said, like I said, it's a clear second place. So, um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully things get kind of resolved. Um, and honestly, like thoughts go out to Big Swole because of the just obscene amount of racism and hate that she has received on social media that she's talked about is yeah. like absolutely unnecessary. If you haven't gathered this by the way we've talked about this subject so far, obviously, you know where we stand when it comes to that represent representation matters wrestling is for everybody unless you're a racist or a homophobe or a transphobe or you know any like any sort of phobic get the fuck out it isn't for you so uh but moving on from there because we do have a lot still to talk about uh and i don't want to go super long tonight uh the other story that really kind of made waves that actually kind of soured the end of our favorite of 21 things, because I had to go and open up Twitter, never open up Twitter during a show apparently, um, is that NXT, well, we knew about part of it. The breaking one was a day after. But NXT, WWE and NXT have uh, released a number of backstage uh, members of the company, including, and I'm just going to run down this full uh, list here, William Regal, mm-hmm. Road Dog, Ace Steel, Ryan Katz, Dave Kapoor, Timothy Thatcher, Scott Armstrong, Danny Birch, Hideki Suzuki, Allison Danger, George Carroll, Sarah Cummins, Gabe Sapolsky, and the one that I read as it happened, Samoa Joe. 
Uh, this is a mix of scouting people, agents, producers, referees, uh, writers, creative uh, ends there. Uh, a lot of names you probably recognize. Timothy Thatcher, Danny Birch, of course, were actually like on the roster until just it seems like maybe like six months because Thatcher and Champa were just on the, in the tag team. Uh, Danny Birch was in the tag team with uh, Oni Lorcan before, I feel of course, like, Oni Lorcan had been released. Yeah, I feel like he, he was a champion not too long ago with Lorcan. I think they held the tag belts. They were the, t- they, they were the tag champs when Pat McAfee That's right. did the, the War Games match, I think. It was around that time. Yeah. Um, Hideki Suzuki was, I don't think he ever had a match, but he was in, he was like one of the coaches of the Diamond Mine. Yeah. Um, of course, Road Dog. Uh, but the running thing here is these are apparently everyone released was apparently some sort of member of Triple H's group, his team backstage. So the continuing takeover, uh, no pun intended, of NXT uh, seems to be in, in full force because several of these names, you know, before AEW, whenever it was just kind of like, Triple H is doing NXT as a way to kind of prepare himself for when he takes over Raw and SmackDown, the main event shows. And a lot of these names were apparently people that were going to come with him, like his, like his Kevin Dunn, his Bruce Prichard, were going to be people like uh, William Regal. So this is, a uh, this sucks, one, because you never want to hear news about someone losing their job, and also just like, it's infuriating. Um... Like, I am not the level of angry as I was initially, partially because of reading uh, their responses to it. But uh, WWE did provide a comment saying, With the continued evolution of NXT 2.0, we've decided to part ways with some of the staff based in our performance center. We thank them for their many contributions throughout the years and wish them the best. And it's just like... It sucks. Like, this is bad. This is not a good... Excuse, pardon my typing, because I thought I had a quote pulled up that I do no, you're good. I need to find it. But, like... Um, I don't get why... I don't understand what was wrong with NXT. Um, Maybe it wasn't doing the numbers that they wanted it to. Maybe they think the 2.0 is going to be a more marketable brand. Um... I, again, and I talk about it all the time, that Survivor Series weekend from 2019, the NXT buzz that was going on was bigger than anything the main roster was doing. That was the that was the big three-way weekend where we had war games that Saturday going into Survivor Series, and they actually let NXT do a, almost a full sweep minus Roman Reigns. And I mm-hmm. think Becky Lynch. I don't think she... I think she ended up winning the... No, actually, I think Baszler might have. Been. Anyway, like they had like almost they won almost every match where it was interpromotional. NXT did, mm-hmm. and it was such a big deal. And they're like, we're gonna put it on TV against AEW, and then that didn't go. I don't think that went the exact way they wanted it to. To the point to no, where no, that they, that I was gonna say, I disagree. I think we know exactly what happened. They lost to AEW, and then Vince, all but a, all but a couple weeks, AEW beat NXT, and I think that. Like, for all of the comments of, oh, your little pissant company, oh, you know, AEW, we don't view AEW as com- competition, we view everything as competition. Sleep is competition. No, it, it, this was very much, AEW is clearly competition, and they lost. NXT was put in a position that they didn't need to be put into, 
There was no reason that they needed to go head-to-head with AEW other than to try to undermine AEW's success. And that, and when that failed, because it did fail, because who blinked, who, who changed nights, who lost the ratings war, ultimately, it was NXT. And now it genuinely seems like now Triple H is being punished for it because it was his show, it was his failure. And I don't agree with that. I think that sucks, um, but... You know, it, it is what it is at this point. And, and it's one thing to like, I think the part of it that upsets me the most is he's not there right now. He's still out having to dealing with that cardiac event yeah. that apparently was way more serious than anybody was reporting on originally. Like we knew it was serious, but like it was very bad. Um, So now for them to kind of gut his roster and backstage like that, it, it sucks. Um, I do have a couple tweets to pull up, though. Uh, one from William Regal. Thank you to WWE for a wonderful 21-year run. You gave a lad who was happy and in Wonderland wrestling on a carnival have a charmed life for 21 years. No complaints, and please no one waste time replying, as I won't have a bad word said against the company. I will add that WWE saved my life in 1999 when they didn't need to, kept my family fed, and took me all around the world. You have my gratitude forever. You allowed me to live a charmed life. That's a wonderful way of putting it. That is, you know, seeing that level of, like, gratitude is is wonderful. And again, like, I'm not trying to, like, go against what he literally just said there. But it's just, like, bummer. Like, this sucks. It's... And then the same thing the same thing with Samoa Joe, who got fired in April. Triple H fought so hard to get him back, apparently. And then he gets cut. Like, so he comes back. As the the has secu- security for NXT, wrestles, uh, wins the NXT championship, gets hurt again, put on the shelf. Uh, he was apparently doing scouting as well, like he was at the latest uh, tryout, and then they cut him again. So, uh, and and Samoa Joe's came a day later. Samoa Joe tweeted out, "Extremely fortunate and grateful to all the young and amazing talent that I had the pleasure of working with in the past months." only saddened at the loss of an excuse to see their continued growth and achievement. I am very excited for their future and mine. And then the upside down smiley face, which like, I don't know what to make of that. Cause usually when I put the upside down smiley face, I am not smiling. Uh, uh, I also don't think he is <laughs> smiling about it. I think he means everything he said in that. Uh, but he's still upset, but he's still upset. Yeah. Uh, even because of the, I'm not happy about the lack of an excuse. What was it? Say the, like, I'm happy with the young talent I got to work with, but not happy with what was that? In the uh, and as an excuse to watch them progress to like to grow as yeah. performers. Like, I'm willing to say he meant all of that 100%. Um, oh, yeah. And it's one of those, like, I feel like if you're fired twice in one year, you're pretty aware that you're not going back. Because whenever one of the people that's very high up in the company is just like, Keep your phone on you. I'm going to call you whenever I get done with this meeting and you're going to come working for like you're going to come work for us again. Then it's just like, hey, you're fired again. Like at that point, if I was him, I'd be like, man, I don't know if I'm going to accept. I'm not (laughs) sure if I'm going to accept another job offer from them because that's kind of that's insane. Um, It's it's because it's also one of those things like we don't know if he is healthy to compete at all. So I don't I did. I didn't put this in the the actual news because it is purely speculation. But there was reports that people in the NXT locker room believed that he would try to compete again, like outside of the company. 
And if, so I don't know if it's a thing where just WWE, again, this is all speculation and conjecture. Yeah. We don't know if it, it's WWE's doctors won't clear him or, you know, what kind of situation. Is I would, there. We have a little add-on story about that. Here yeah, and the only reason we're talking about Joe this way is because he's the, well, I mean, no, you have Timothy Thatcher and Danny Birch, but he is very much in kind of like a Daniel Bryan 2014 to 2018 state of, is he cleared to wrestle? Uh, or the same thing with Edge whenever he was gone for his entire, like, his neck issue of, mm-hmm. I need multiple doctors to say he's all right. It's the same thing with Daniel Bryan being like, you mean I have the reflexes of a normal person and that's why you won't let me compete? Because I don't have the reflexes of, of a super athlete? <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm going to need something like that for me to be like, I am happy to see Samoa Joe wrestle again. Because if he's not getting cleared, I don't want to, like, I don't want to see him go wrestle somewhere. Uh, unless I like, unless he knows for a fact he's completely cleared to re- work. Like I, again, it would be super cool if he went to AEW and had matches, especially with CM Punk being there. That being said, I only want that to be a thing if that dude is completely cleared to wrestle. I don't want him working anywhere unless he's completely cleared to wrestle. Because at the end of the day, Samoa Joe has always put himself as a fun social media presence uh, on top of being a really good wrestling mind. I don't want that person's life to not have the value that it could have. He's someone that I've always been a fan of, um, as a wrestler, like from the, from like it started with impact. And then I went back and watched his ROH stuff. Uh, and then he joined WWE, but like I became a fan of him as a person because of up, up, down, down. Yeah. I got two axes and no problems. Uh, it's just, it's that, that lives in my head like once a week without fail. Um, but so it's, uh, this sucks. I, I clearly want the best for him. He's someone that if like, if he just started to restart, if he decided to do a Twitch channel, like I would be there all the time. Like that would be amazing. Um, the problem with wrestlers doing Twitch channels, I don't know if you've spent much time in like Johnny Gargano's, but it's, it's very filled with just like super fans. Uh huh. And, and it's, and it's kind of hard to parse through like. I'm trying to be, you know, people who don't really get it, like telling him he needs to go back to SmackDown to be the real head of the table. Yeah, so... And and, and sending that same message, like, ten times before, like, one of the moderators has to be like, uh, hey, can you, uh, we need you to cool it a little bit, man. So, Drew Gulak, this was at the beginning of, uh, the shutdown in 2020, Mm -hmm. but he was playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. And I wanted to watch gameplay of that, and it's Drew Gulak, who I just have the biggest fucking, like, I love that person. Um, right. He was really fun, because I don't think he had a moderator at all, but he just flat out told people that were spamming stuff like that. He's like, I will block you. Like, <laughs> I'll just mute yeah. you from the chat. Be- I mean, cause that was, you've got to do that at a certain point. Yeah, because like, I was, I think I only, I made one comment, because he was like, it was very slow in it, because it was like a couple hours in. I was like... Do you like Kingdom Hearts? Because I just needed to know if he liked Kingdom Hearts. And he was like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I love Kingdom Hearts. I'm just not in the mood to play any of the games right now and I want to play Final Fantasy. And I was like... Hell yeah. So he might he might play Kingdom Hearts on this. And then they said <laughs> no Twitch channels because WWE right. hates fun. Yeah. Um, it was... It's... it's like Because even like when I stream twitch.tv slash the five star man, I don't you know get a ton of engagement just because I'm so inconsistent with it. It's my own fault. But like... There was a night that I was streaming Fortnite and I had two separate people. One person came in and was like, hey, do you, you know, like, do you want to group up? And I told him, I was like, hey, I, I'm not going to play with a stranger on stream. 
But like, if you send me a friend request, like I'm down to play, you know, a different time. Uh, and that person was just like, oh, cool. I get it. And then there, but there was another person who asked me like three times in a row of just like, Hey, squat up. Hey, let's squat up. Hey, join up. And I'm just like, uh, I'm not anybody. You are one of two people watching this channel right now. And I'm pretty sure the other one is my night bot. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think, I don't, I, don't, I don't know what you're after here, but so to be famous and like, have to go through that. Like, yeah, it's, it's weird. Ch- whereas Adam Cole, his Twitch chat is like divided between like, it's, it's, it's huge. Like he does big numbers, but like a not insignificant amount of people watch him. Don't realize he's a wrestler. Like oh, they are yeah. a fan of him. They're just a fan of him as a streamer. Well, he's entertaining, so that I mean, that yeah, tracks. No, so, yeah. so that that's super cool. But um, but anyway, we're we're way off topic. I I'm very curious to see what Samoa Joe does next. Um, one quick aside that I did see is that apparently Tommy Dreamer, as soon as he saw the news that William Regal was released, basically sent him a text message and said, "Hey, if you want to do literally anything at Impact, call me. Commentary, general manager role, whatever." So, which was smart, like that's very smart on his part because it's one of those things where it's just like, if he, if William Regal even has an itch to do anything, mm-hmm. no company should bat their eye at that. Oh yeah, no, it's like honestly, several of those names, like yeah, like if you like Timothy Thatcher, Danny Birch, like not even necessarily from like an in ring perspective, but literally just the mind on so many of these people are would be assets yeah because if you so, if you listen to anybody that was in that big nxt golden era of just like how important william regal was there was literally um johnny gargano had an amazing story about kevin owens like whenever him and him and kevin owens wrestled at pwg whenever william regal was there and like gargano knew how important that match was to owens and they had like a killer match because of course they did and william regal said you'll get the next time. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And like Gargano being like, I, there's no way he's lying about that. And he eventually the next one was his time, yeah. but just the, like the, the, how important William Regal, like, you know, he was the reason that we got Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and Gargano and Champa. Like he was the big scout that was going to the PWGs and like Bola and all of those things to go scout these talents. And like between him and triple H made, WWE have an indie fed that was more entertaining than the main roster at some points. And just to see that, just to see that kind of go to the wayside. It's again, Nightwing and NXT are the two things that made me and you become friends. Yep. I, I will never forget when we were watching at the store, whatever, I don't remember which WrestleMania or which takeover it was, but like we were watching it and just being like, okay, good luck following that Bailey match. The undertaker. I think it was WrestleMania. Was it Brooklyn? Was I, it the Bailey and yeah, it was Sasha Brooklyn. Banks match? Yeah, I don't think that was... Yeah, it was that one. Yeah, so that was... Uh, and that was just something that I don't know why like always stuck in my head. Because like at the time, it's like, well, who's Bailey? Like, she's relatively, you know, just a few years at NXT at this point. You know, as far... I mean, obviously, she had been wrestling before that. Yeah. But like, oh, wow. They just absolutely blew everybody away. But like you said, they're also... They, you know... If William Regal has his finger on the pulse of the indie scene, but now we know that NXT is really no longer interested in scouting independent wrestlers, it it ultimately makes sense that, okay, if that was your primary job, then to release them. Yeah. So, but, it, but it still sucks. Like I said, anytime 
Uh, anyone loses their job sucks. Um, but moving on from there, uh, MLW Major League Wrestling has issued a lawsuit to or has filed a lawsuit against WWE uh, citing antitrust law violations. Uh, I got an episode or a, uh, excuse me article on Sports Illustrated website, uh, Jacef Courier at the Wrestling Observer. An antitrust lawsuit has been filed against WWE by a competing professional wrestling promotion. Major League Wrestling issued a press release on Tuesday night announcing that it has filed an antitrust lawsuit against WWE, citing WWE's ongoing attempts to undermine, determine. Sorry, excuse, sorry. Citing WWE's, quote, ongoing attempts to undermine competition in and monopolize the professional wrestling market by interfering with MLW's contracts and business prospects. Ooh, that's so, not good. End quote. The lawsuit accuses WWE of pressuring third parties to abandon contracts and potential relationships with MLW. A pair of business deals that MLW claims WWE interfered with are mentioned in the lawsuit. Um, I believe it was... Um, Sean Ross Sapp that talked about they were supposed to have a deal with Vice and then WWE stepped in on that and was like, hey, you shouldn't do that. Um, oh yeah, it's in, it's actually in this article here. Uh, so, MLW claims that WWE nixed a deal that MLW had signed with streaming platform Tubi that would have been transformative for the promotion. Tubi is owned by Fox, which is one of WWE's TV partners. WWE SmackDown airs on Fox every Friday. It's also alleged that WWE attempted to derail a relationship between MLW and Vice TV. MLW claims that after it announced that it was in talks for MLW programming to air on Vice TV, a then-WWE executive, quote, warned Vice TV that WWE owner Vince McMahon was pissed that Vice TV was airing MLW programs and that Vice TV should stop working with MLW, end quote. That's... The Vice TV executive res responded by saying that WWE's contact was illegal and an antitrust violation, but the WWE executive said they couldn't control McMahon. My favorite thing about that is them airing MLW pissed off McMahon. Not the dark side of the ring. Like the same TV network that has the plane ride from hell that ruined lives. <laughs> Dalton, come on. You're smarter than this. Dark Side of the Ring has WWE wrestlers. <laughs> so, no, that's 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 all Vince cares about. Uh, to wrap this up, WWE issued the following statement regarding the lawsuit. Quote, WWE believes these claims have no merit and intends to vigorously defend itself against them. End quote. So, uh, as with most things, this will probably be a long, drawn-out process. We won't, you know, we'll keep, it, we'll keep up with it, but, like, there's no date or anything like that. You know, it could end up being a settlement type deal um but from the sounds of it like i don't know enough about ring law to like or contracts to just be like hey drop this contract you've already signed because the owner of this company doesn't want you to do it like that i i don't see how they can i mean as long as they can prove that yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be the big thing is if they can actually prove well it's it, so it's the whole thing with the monopoly like you can't you're not really allowed to in america if you get caught strong arm other competing companies out of the way it happens all the time like for a nation that says we don't have monopolies we have a fair share of monopolies um, yeah why what's your, what are your what are your current internet high-speed internet options yes like you have one <laughs> in your area um and that's it because that's how it works but um 
if you have more than one, I hate you because that means you might actually have really good internet. Oh yeah, but, major metropolitan places can have like oh maybe Google Fiber yeah. or you know AT and T Fiber coming in, but like where we're at, it's Spectrum or go fuck yourself. Yeah. So like there, I think they might have some grounds, but whenever you really look at it, it depends on who's really going for what. Like if Vice is like MLW, we're gonna back you on this because it's messed up. MLW probably has some like feet in the water at that point but mm-hmm. like if it's just mlw being like hey they told vice that we they don't want us doing that there there's not a whole lot i think a judge can do but if vice is willing to work with them on it i'm sure that wwe might actually be in some legal trouble because if there's proof Did- that you're trying to extort a company from not using a competitor that's antitrust laws that's why yeah. we have them just just because we like petty things. Did you see Joey Janela's reaction to this? Uh-uh. Fuck that guy. He puts no GCW in his wrestler's contracts. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, and that makes... and Because, uh. Court, like, Court Bauer is a pretty, like... He's the, he's the owner of MLW. Yeah. He is a pretty divisive figure in the world of pro wrestling, you know, depending on who you talk to. So, like, that's yeah. not a huge surprise. I just thought that was kind of, like, funny because it's, like, you know, it's pretty... It's 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 pretty typical for people to, you know, cheer against the Titan, no pun intended, the juggernaut, you know, WWE. And for like someone that you would think be like, yeah, take them down is just like, yeah, but also maybe screw both of them. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of funny. Um, going on from there, unfortunate news coming out. Uh, Sasha Banks has suffered a foot injury. Uh, this is straight off of WWE's uh, website. Sasha Banks suffered a foot injury Sunday evening at a WWE live event in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Uh, this was last week. After seeking emergency medical attention, it was determined nothing was broken. Sasha underwent an MRI and it was discovered that she had a she has a bruised calcaneus bone. She is at home recovering and undergoing physical therapy. She's expected to be out of action for six to eight weeks. Um, that's a bummer that she, uh, after, during her match, I know, uh, it was Sean Ross Sapp, Sean Ross Sapp tweeted out that she had been helped to the back, um, and her, and it was, it was something leg related. So it looks like she bruised a, a bone in her foot. I guarantee you I said it wrong. Um, but it sucks because the, it's the Royal Rumble is coming up and they, straight up like did i've completely forgot to put the mickey james thing in yeah that wow i'm slapping uh slacking we were really upset about william regal and again yeah, that was a uh, very obnoxious yes because... i'm very proud of the fact that we didn't talk about him more because anytime that he even tangentially gets like brought up we go off for 40 minutes about how great he we is. do we talk we we have a tendency to talk a lot about uh william regal real quick since it, it, it was brought up um Johnny Knoxville was announced and earned, quote unquote, his spot in the Men's Royal Rumble. You're right. Uh, uh, that reminds me. Uh, and it, it, it is related. Remember that time Umaga shoot beat the shit out of Steve-O on Monday Night Raw? Uh, Steve-O and Chris Pontius. I watched a video not like three yes, weeks ago and of that's... them doing uh, like a rewatch of it. And they hadn't seen it since it happened. Yeah. and they Which granted, they admitted to being like super high High as shit yeah um which by the way if you don't know steve-o has completely turned his life around and it is amazing to see oh yeah i watch Um, his content all the time because i support that dude that dude has become amazing like so like just a a beacon of good anyway go ahead yeah but yeah no just hearing johnny knoxville do that i'm like 
you need to talk to your buddies about that, about what you should and shouldn't <laughs> be doing. Well, maybe they'll warn him like, hey, whenever they hit you, you need to be hurt. <laughs> yeah. Because otherwise, they, they will, will make, make you it hurt. hurt. Um, but that, that's not even the biggest news to me, at least, because, uh, on SmackDown, they announced, they went ahead and announced just a ton of names for the Women's Royal Rumble. And I'm going to run through all of them. Uh, at a certain point, you're going to be like, wait, what? Why would they announce these? So, so far confirmed for the Women's Royal Rumble match, Rhea Ripley, Nikki A.S.H., Nikki A.S.H., Dana Brooke, Carmella, Queen Zelina, Tamina, Shotzi, Natalia, Aaliyah, Naomi, Shayna Baszler, WWE SmackDown Women's Champion Charlotte Flair, Nikki Bella, Brie Bella, Lita, Michelle McCool, Kelly Kelly, Summer Rae, and Impact Knockouts Champion Mickey James. And they and and in the tweet even said Impact, Impact Knockout Champion. Mickey Did you James. hear what Pat McAfee said on commentary? Uh-uh. Uh, some, I don't remember the exact quote, so I apologize for paraphrasing, but it was something along the lines of, Mickey James has something to prove after the trash she went through. <laughs> because if you remember, yes. we talked about it not that long ago, when Mickey James was released, she received her personal items in a trash bag. Oh. So... Uh, good on her for getting a WWE payday. Um, good on Pat for saying that and still having a job, maybe. <laughs> the, 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 I think to me personally, the biggest name on here is Summer Rae, because she was someone that when she was released, I kind of assumed would be done with wrestling, uh, because she had a substantial like modeling career and uh, several other business ventures. Um, so it's going to be cool to see her back. She's also the one I feel like out of all of those like retired quote unquote um, names, uh she's the one we have seen we have not seen yeah like i can't think of another summer ray appearance but i know like we've seen kelly kelly we've seen michelle mccool etc etc summer ray had a really hard action figure to get a hold of because sadie is on a crusade to get one of every woman's figure that mattel has made we are Mm. one away and i just don't want to drop 30 dollars for a cameron action figure and that's the problem but summer ray was ignorantly hard do, to get do you think you're gonna get a new one no like, i just anytime, I don't know what you're well it's because she's not gonna buy it and i know it's just one away like i was able to get a vicky and like because we were summer ray vicky and cameron were the last three and i happened to find somebody on like a online sale being like i'll sell this vicky for 10 bucks and i was like fucking take it so and then she <laughs> got summer for like 30 40 because women's figures once they're like out of print they, they don't make more. They skyrocket. And it's really mm-hmm. insane. But yeah, Cameron's pretty difficult to get right now. Hopefully it hasn't increased more. But anyway, yeah, sorry. Just Summer Rae was a real bigoted bitch to get. Hmm. Um. So yeah, so that's uh the women's lineup so far. Uh. Because I believe... Sorry again for the typing. Actually, I'm going to mute myself real quick. No, I'm not. You're good. No, you're not going to mute yourself. All right, cool. Women's roster number... Because with all of the cuts, yeah, because they did gut a lot. I don't think I don't think that WWE has thirty women. They have to have thirty women. They have to have because, like, 
There has to be at least 10 women on all three shows, right? They just did a women's war game. They have 10 people on NXT. I'm talking main roster. I'm talking main roster. Oh, well, they... Like strictly, I okay. mean, strictly main roster. Oh, that might not um, be 30 then. Because there's a lot of, like, 205 Live, a lot of NXT, um, NXT UK, but, like... I'm not going to count it, but I, I I think that they would be... put If they have 30, they're pushing it. And I think that's why we're seeing such a high number of surprises fair enough um like i said with the cut so which you know granted if you're if you're wanting to redo if you're wanting to revamp nxt like you even have grayson waller showing up on raw with a little mini feud with aj styles like it would make a ton of sense to have one of your nxt people come up so like especially someone from like toxic attraction cora jade i think cora uh, jade's versus charlotte flair would be a really interesting like going into a mania let her win I, but that's it the would... thing. <laughs> did you hear what she said though uh-uh about let her win against charlotte flair oh no, no no let her win the rumble and then go up against charlotte flair she would not win at mania no, okay, sir. Sorry, I thought I, she tweeted something. I was like, oh, did she fuck up? No, you're saying let her. No, no, she wouldn't beat Charlotte Flair. But no, like, remember Rhea, Rhea Ripley? She's it's long term storytelling. Dalton Rhea Ripley's getting that win. Like it's it's good for her from two years ago. It's good for her. yeah. Wait and see, buddy. Wait and see. Uh, we're running late, so I'm gonna rapid fire these next couple stories because there is some stuff I want to talk a little bit more in depth about. Uh. In really cool news for Game Changer Wrestling, GCW's The World on GCW, which is their Hammerstein Ballroom show, not only will it be available uh, to buy on Fight TV, but it's also going to be available for just traditional cable pay-per-view. Just so you can use, you can buy it through pay-per-view for your, uh, through your cable provider. Uh, of course, that is Sunday, January 23rd. Um, we'll probably talk a little bit more about it the, the week before that happens, so... Uh, but that's very, very cool for GCW. That's very exciting. Uh, they're making a ton of moves constantly. Jeff Jarrett uh, is not feuding with Effie because Effie refuse, refuses to feud with him. Um, AJ Gray versus uh, Eddie King, uh, Eddie Kingston. I I don't I think that's supposed to be at the uh, Hammerstein show, but I'm not 100% sure. But like, that's one that gives me the chills. I can't wait. But cool for them. Uh, last part of the actual news of the week, though, uh, it also looks like I am pulling this from Cultaholic from Andrew Pollard. Uh, Tony Schiavone signs new AEW contract. Speaking on the latest edition of his What Happened When podcast, Tony Schiavone has revealed he's now committed to AEW through tw- through until 2024. Having signed a deal, si- having signed with All Elite Wrestling in August 2019, Schiavone initially penned a two-year deal to serve as a commentator and senior producer for Tony Khan's promotion. Now the former voice of WCW has explained how an extension has been triggered to keep him with AEW through mid-2024. Which is so cool because he had like a baseball deal. Like Conrad Thompson was a very like, it's cool that he got Shivani back into wrestling. Because Shivani was just doing, I think it was Atlanta baseball. He was just like doing play-by-play for that. And then Conrad Thompson got him to start doing star casts and uh, what happened when. Which I don't listen to as much anymore, but right when that show started, that was probably the funniest uh, podcast to listen to because Shivani did not give a flying fuck, and it was the best. I love Shivani. Like it, it. He has been a great. He's been a highlight of AEW yeah. to me. The, like he is more of a character than I thought he was going to be, and I'm not mm-hmm. upset by it. No, not at all. 
it's it's super cool um real quick before i let you talk about uh a couple figure uh first looks at uh we're entering the playing with ourselves segment because we're children yep and in that more than one laugh. way yep every time uh Upper Deck releasing first AEW trading card set. Uh, this is from comicbook.com by Matthew Aguilar. All Elite Wrestling is entering the world of trading cards as AEW has entered into an agreement with Upper Deck for their first trading card series. Uh, let me scroll down to where we get the actual... I am so salty because I cannot find these goddamn cards anywhere. Uh, I thought this ha- this does not have the actual because it's the upcoming uh, unmatched and unri it's like unrivaled nine and unmatched, unmatched three three. Um, this is the same company they do uh, they do stuff with Marvel Legends as well. Uh, I am actually looking at a couple of unopened packs because they put them with the Villains Wave um, through GameStop, and I grabbed a couple of. They gave me like when I bought Maestro and. I don't remember who else I bought from that wave out of a, which the the maestro wasn't even in that wave. They just gave me one when I bought it. Um, So on the one hand, kind of neat, like it's, it's a cool little bonus to get whenever you're buying a figure. But on the other hand, it is going like, if these cards end up being super popular and they are, by the way, like, are they? Yeah. I didn't think the Marvel legends ones were. Well, I think the issue of it is I don't think that people are wanting Marvel legends cards and we are currently in a, collector boom with cards where like whenever the pandemic happened cards blew up um i had co-workers talking to me about cards because they thought i collected them which i buy wwe cards but i was buying them because brian myers was was buying them and i was like and they were everywhere clearance for like 10 bucks like a big pack of them so i was cheap i was buying them super cheap i wasn't gonna pay 20 bucks to like get all these but for 10 it was perfect like it was really neat um and, but I think a lot of people started doing that. And then the collector's market was just, just popped all at the same time. So mm-hmm. like cards going for thousands and thousands of dollars is not uncommon right now. Um, and it's the same thing with the first series of Unrivaled, where you can get at the ground floor of these AEW cards. And they're ignorantly expensive. Like these are harder to find than the figures were. Um, I've been going to stores looking for them. So Asa, if you can just find packs of them for retail... I will PayPal you for them. I just want to open a few to say I have them. I don't even want to resell <laughs> them. I just want some. Um, well, from everything you just told me, I would be a fool to buy, sell them to you for retail. You can have them for uh, one Danhausen-sized bag of money. You're the worst. So but, anyway, um, them partnering with Jazzwares is kind of cool, but also at the same time kind of scary because... Now we're not only competing, which like the competition or the like av- availability for these figures right away is super hard to find. If you're if you live in an area like we do, like I have found every AEW figure on store shelves minus Brandy Rhodes up to AEW Wave Six Unrivaled. So I found Unmatched One, and Unmatched Two hasn't hit anywhere yet near me. But like I have found everything except for Seven and Unrivaled Two. Now I have to compete not only with action figure collectors, but card collectors. Um, that's a scary proposition for me because now it's doubling the market and the card value is well worth way more than the figure value. So two things, they're either going to be super hard to find or I might be able to hold out long enough and get a loose series, unmatched series three for cheap because somebody's going to buy five pat or five 
cases of the figures just for the cards. And they're going to have loose figures that they don't want because they're going to have to open the figures up to get to the cards. It's a good and a bad. I see see it being a double-edged sword. I've thought about this a lot, Asa, because this is what I worry about. Because the... The cards are inside the figure. Because when I did the Marvel Legends ones, I didn't open anything, but I have the cards. Like, I have the packs. Game When I bought those at GameStop, they were behind the counter, and they had to give them to me separate. I would be willing so to... So is this, is this going to be with every figure, or is it only going to be like, okay, I placed my order on ringside collectibles, and they are including them in the shipping box, not necessarily in the figure box? I think... Like, if you go to Walmart and buy them, they're going to be in the box. I think they're going to be in the box. Give me a second, because I think we got, like, okay. a picture of them. But yeah, no, so it's one of those that this could be a really good or bad thing. I'm gonna. I'm going to try to stay positive and say it's a good thing, because I don't. I just. I don't like being negative as much anymore. But I could see it going either way. Of this is gonna really suck to collect, or it's gonna mm-hmm. be cool. Uh, well, while you're looking that up, if you can multitask, uh, we got a couple first looks at a couple new. Speaking of ringside collectibles, new ringside collectibles uh, exclusives. The first one being the Exploding Barbed Wire Deathmatch 2-pack, Kenny Omega and Jock, John Moxley in the Blood and Guts series. Um, and then we also got Coffin Drop Darby Allen. Um, I know you when you talked about the Britt Baker Blood and Guts before, you didn't really like it because the blood was only on the head sculpt it didn't they didn't add any detail to like the arms or the or oh the no chest or i i liked that they did that because then i could have just a normal bit brit baker the issue is oh. i already had a brit baker that's right okay so well now that these figures now that we can actually see them and there is blood on their shirts and arms and things like do you like that as a touch yeah do you wish that they would have just been but like so now they do feel more blood and gutsy yeah these are the coolest looking blood and guts they've done that being mm-hmm. said, probably not gonna buy them just because I do. The, I do like the revolution set that comes with it, like the the, the box the it, with the actual barbed wire wrapped around the ropes and the the revolution screen in the background. I think that's a really cool touch. Plus, the accessories are cool with the barbed wire wrapped uh, bat and steel chair. Yeah, like it's really cool, and it's it's honestly not that expensive. The issue of it is is that I just don't think um, that. I want to display them. You know what Ooh, I'm saying? Barbed wire tables. That's actually okay. So it looks like this comes with a John Moxley, a Kenny Omega, a AEW World Title, a barbed wire bats, barbed wire wrapped steel chair, baseball bat, uh, and two tables with barbed wire you can put across them, and that is for sixty dollars. Yeah, it's so not- yeah. That's a for, between the accessories and two figures that retail for twenty five anyway that is i would say that's a pretty good deal yeah and like they look they are the best looking ones i think uh i hated kenny's gear in that match anyway so i think he looks a little doofy but like the moxley's Mm -hmm. real cool um i hate the head sculpt for that moxley though i feel like series uh two unrivaled that moxley head is really 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 good and then the kind of like half screaming head sculpt they've been using ever since looks a little goofy that's fair. Yeah. Head sculpts are head sculpts are weird because like if you go with an action pose or like an action f- head, then you can't just have them kind of standing neutrally. And same thing like if they just have a neutral face, 
it's really hard to you know set them up in like a cool like Pose. display and again so go back and listen to last week's episode and you'll understand why one action of one of the aw action figures is my top action figure of the year even though it's not a big named character as much sure so uh well that's going to close out playing with ourselves one last thing we're going to talk about before we get out of here is that uh it is let me do 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 Nope, go back. Why did you... Uh-oh. Twitter reset on me. Oh, no. Yay. Twitter reset on me. That's not Yay. good. Uh, okay, we're good. So this Sunday, January 16th, is Terminus Pro's first show. Uh, this is, uh, is headed up by Jonathan Grisham. It looks like it's a stacked card. We're not going to c- cover everything, um, I but it's available on Fight TV. You can place the order. Uh, I am heavily considering getting it. It depends on what I have to do on uh, Sunday night, though, because it is only fifteen dollars on fight. Oh, that's not bad. So that's and and with the people on this card, you know, you've you've got Jonathan Gresham, Gresham, Jordan Grace, Daniel Garcia, uh, Mike Bennett, Lee Moriarty, uh, Fred Yehi. Um, I'm pretty sure I said his name wrong because I'm Yehi. Freaking, I'm pretty sure it's Yehi. Yehi. Okay. Um, it's one of those things where it's like when I read it, I think I have it right, but then like. I don't. Uh, um, uh, JDX is going to be there. I've become a huge fan of his. He's real uh, good. After after watching him at WrestleMax, so but it isn't just like a you know traditional wrestling pay per view because there are what are called terminus directives. These are rules that uh, uh, I'm just going to read you the full announcement. This comes from their Twitter account uh, at Terminus Pro T E R M I N U S. All matches must be won by pin, submission, knockout, or disqualification unless substitute stipulation agreed upon by grapplers time limits strictly enforced singles 15 minutes tag and multi-man matches 15 minutes championship bouts have a 20 minute time limit overtime a 90 second overtime period occurs if there is no winner after the time limit expires grapplers will start overtime period in a neutral position if there is no decision when overtime expires the result is a draw disqualification criteria uh this is for immediate disqualifications outside interference foreign object usage or two technical fouls technical fouls are made up of throwing the opponent over the top rope 10 second top rope count five count rope cor- or corner break so like if you don't yeah let go release a hold in a, in a rope break intentional physical contact with referee intentional low blow intentional eye gouge fish hooking intentional hair pulling spitting closed fist punches to the face uh, technical fouls given at referee's discretion. Uh, the countouts are five seconds, so it doesn't look like there's going to be a lot of outside the ring stuff. Uh, any weapon usage will result in immediate disqualification and expulsion from Terminus. So if you use, I and I'm wondering if that is from the promotion or from just the show. It's like you're just kicked out of the show. But I'm, I'm wondering if it means like, you know, if JDX just bashes someone in the head with a chair, he can't come back to Terminus at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I dig this. I think this is super interesting. Um, a lot of this though, that people may not consider is a lot of this is going to be down to the referees. Yeah. Being able to keep track of like, everything's going to like this. This could be very, very interesting. Or like if you've watched any of wrestling with regret where I know you have that, this is towards the audience. Uh, if you've watched any of like Brian Zane talk about like, those 80s um, like AWA style promotions that have a lot of very similar rules that sometimes they just ignore them because 
reasons. Yeah. Um, it has the potential to be a little messy, but when you look at the people involved, um, I think that this actually could be a really interesting take. It kind of reminds me of like the pure rules that, uh, Jeremy Wyatt had with the St. Louis anarchy gateway heritage championship and his matches Mm -hmm. where you were only allowed, uh, like three rope breaks in a match. Um, maybe it was two. And then the third one, like even if you were just wrapped around the rope, it didn't matter. You, he didn't have to break the hold. Um, or his opponent wouldn't have to break the hold on him. So also I assumed you would love it because you get one free dick kick. Yeah, that would be so like I'm if I got to wrestle there, that's my opening shot. Like Dan like Danhausen, just you know, say his name, punch him in the groin. <laughs> there you you get one. So um but yeah, that's this Sunday, January sixteenth. Uh I'm excited to see the show. Um I do want to I do want to watch it. Like I just cause I think that is a very interesting hook. Yeah. Um so but that is going to do it for us this week uh thank you again everybody for uh checking us out for uh hanging out with us here listening to us ramble about william regal even though we really didn't ramble about william regal a lot but i think that shows character growth yeah i I think i i'm proud of us i'm also sad that we didn't do it though yeah that's true um maybe next week we'll see um but until next time you can follow the show at nerdiest part like i said uh tomorrow friday the the 14th uh we've got some pretty major news to announce so follow us there uh at nerdiest part you can follow me on twitter at the five star man you can follow dalton at twitter at pz85 d anthony uh of course if you if you dug this episode if you think we talked about something that you thought was really interesting uh share it with a friend uh rate us on whatever subscription or podcast service that you use uh, follow us, you know, again, I, I, I hate to sound like a broken record, but early life for a show, this is a big deal and it really helps with discoverability and helps us grow. So, um, we have over a hundred listens already in, uh, just now seven episodes. So thank you everybody who has already followed, who continues to listen. Um, you all are amazing. We wouldn't be doing this without you. So, um, but yeah, we will talk to you tomorrow. Very, very, I'm so excited. I'm not going to say it though. Um, but Take care of each other. Be safe. Thank you again. You all mean the world to us.